Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's May the 20th, 2022, and I am absolutely delighted to be joined today by Amanda Martinez-Beck. Now, if you're part of the awesome community, you are cheering right now because you know Amanda and how very awesome she is. And if you aren't part of our community yet, that's okay. Hop on in. We are so glad that you are here. You are going to love hearing from Amanda today. Amanda is a fat activist, an author, She is the host of the Fat and Faithful podcast, in addition to being a body image coach for people in all sizes of bodies. Her second book, More of You, The Fat Girl's Field Guide to the Modern World, comes out in just a few days at the end of May of 2022. Amanda, welcome to Sorta Awesome. I'm so glad to be here, Meg. Thank you. I have been meaning to have you on the show for so long, and (laughs) I am so glad that the release of your new book means that we finally get to sit down and talk. I know that the Austins are going to love hearing from you today, so perfect timing. Yay. I mean, it is really perfect timing if you think about it. Not only is your second book just about to drop, but as you know, as we move into the summer season and swimsuit season and wearing shorts and sundresses season we all start getting all kinds of messaging about how to get that beach body, right? Right. And it's a fraught situation. (laughs) It is a fraught situation for many of us, no matter what age we are, no matter what body we are in. It's like when summer comes around, if you hadn't been thinking about body stuff before, sometimes some stuff, whether it's on social media or commercials on TV, or just walking through Target and seeing all the swimsuits and everything, it can kind of get your thoughts going that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Has anybody ever had a positive swimsuit shopping experience? Like, <laughs> or has anybody never had a negative one? I don't know that they exist. Yes. Yeah. I don't know that I ever have. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's also vulnerable when you have all of your bits and pieces yes. covered by very thin clothing. It's time to really take a step back and get grounded in in what your body is for. Yes, exactly. And that is why I am so glad that you're here today. I think this is going to be the perfect kickoff to all kinds of conversations for our awesomes. Again, no matter what age you are, no matter how you are feeling about your body, I know you're going to love what Amanda has to say today. We're going to be talking about all kinds of body wonderful stuff. Like Amanda said, exploring kind of like why we have bodies, what's the purpose of our bodies. Amanda's going to share what she wishes that she had known about bodies when she was younger, like elementary, middle school age. And I am super looking forward to this part because Amanda's going to give us a little insight on how to stop the body shame spiral, which I know I have been there. I cannot wait to hear what Amanda has for us. So you guys, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that loves to support you in becoming smart, strong, and social. Now, if you have been looking for amazing women to connect with and a community that will support you no matter what age or stage of life you're in, I'm really happy to tell you that you've come to the right place. And if you are enjoying Sorta Awesome, please make sure you have subscribed so you never miss a new episode from us. And please do come find us in one of our online communities to connect with us and connect with other awesomes. May I suggest our Instagram? When you become part of our Instagram community, you get updates on latest episodes, 
you will never miss out on any good stuff because we're always talking about our awesomes of the week. And we love to share your faces and what you're up to when you tag us on Instagram. Super easy to find us and to tag us. We are at Sorta Awesome Show. So Amanda, before we get to all of this wonderful body talk that you have planned for us today, that you have put together for the awesomes and kind of just sharing your heart and your mission and what you are about in your work right now, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. If you're new to Sorta Awesome, you may not know yet, but guess what? You're going to find out the awesome of the week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little more awesome right now. Could be a book or a TV show, a movie, a podcast, a product, something that's just really giving us life, bringing some gold sparkle to our days. Amanda, as our guest, I'm going to let you go first. What you got that's awesome this week? All right. So I'm so excited to tell y'all about the musical artist, Jean Baptiste. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with him? I am really brand new familiar to him, although I know that he's not new to the music scene. I'm new to him. So please tell me everything. Well, he is the band leader for the Stephen Colbert show. Yes. So that's probably where a lot of us have encountered him. Mm -hmm. And he's really funny and he and Colbert play really well with each other. But what I am telling you about today is his album called We Are. And it won Grammy Album of the Year. And so I am not alone in thinking this is an awesome. Yes. (laughs) But it's definitely jazzy. Got some Black gospel choir background. Perfect. And he grew up in New Orleans in a Catholic family. So I'm really intrigued to see how the music influenced by that. Yes. But the sounds of summer, truly, like one of the songs is called I Need You. You've probably heard it on a commercial, but it's got a wonderful music video where art comes to life. I'm just kind of low-key obsessed right now with John Baptiste. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's so funny that you brought him up because again, I don't watch Stephen Colbert. I'm like out of the loop on lots of, you know, sort of (laughs) modern pop culture things. But last month I went to the Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats concert. And I just, I love Nathaniel Rateliff so much. And so I was going down this YouTube deep dive of all kinds of Nathaniel Rateliff clips on YouTube. Well, sometime in the past year or two, John Batiste and Nathaniel Rateliff sat down together. I think it might've been back in 2020 after his Nathaniel Rateliff's solo album came out. He was kind of making the rounds, doing a little promo for that. And he sits down with John Batiste, who never having heard this song that Nathaniel is playing before, Nathaniel just kind of like starts strumming up the chords and kind of gives him an idea of what the song is. And John Batiste is at the piano and he just picks it up and learns the song. Yeah. As Nathaniel is playing and singing it, it is amazing. I will put a link in the show notes to that along with a link to this album because I was just head to toe chill bumps. He is an incredibly talented musician. And like you said, so talented. Yeah, so charismatic, so funny, so engaging to watch. And so I cannot wait to check out this album. Awesome. Yes, loving it. Oh my gosh, so glad that you brought him to the show because I know the awesomes are going to love that too. So my ass of the week is one that I was going to save for the our summer list. You know, we love to do a seasonal list. It's sort of awesome. I was going to save this, but I just, I changed my mind. I decided this is too good. The people need to know about it now. <laughs> it is a plumping lip gloss from the makeup brand Essence. So Essence is a great drugstore brand. They're cruelty-free. You can find them at Ulta. I happen to come across them at CVS, our local CVSs have started carrying Essence, which I was like, okay, loving a new drugstore line in store so I could actually look at it. Right. So Essence is really known right now. One of their fuzziest products that people love from Essence is their mascaras. Their Mm -hmm. mascaras are like under $10 and they're always on the top of the best mascara lists. And I've tried them and they are great, but I didn't know that they had great lip glosses. So Essence has this line of lip gloss called their Plumping Nudes Lip Gloss. And yeah, it's $5 or under. I think it was, it may have been like $5.99 or $4.99 at my CVS. 
and there's seven different shades. And so since it is a plumping lip gloss, it's got some ingredients in it that kind of, if you need a little, a little boost in the lip area, just going to give you a little bit of a plumper feel. I will say I read through a ton of reviews. I, as I'm getting older, like a little bit of plumping and I feel like my lips are kind of thinning a little. I feel like if you already have really full lips, you're probably not going to notice a difference that much with the plumping effect. But if you're like me and you just need a little extra boost, I think you're going to love this. And the great thing too, Amanda, is you know where the lip gloss the big test is how sticky is it, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that sticky lip gloss, especially when you're out and about spring and summer and the wind is blowing and it, the, your, your hair is all stuck in your gloss and it's just a mess for everyone. The great thing about this one is it's not a sticky lip gloss. In fact, it has some great lip conditioners in it. So if your lips are feeling a little sunburned or a little wind trapped, this is gonna be really nice. So I am loving this. I'm trying to remember... I should have written down which shade I got. Oh, I know. It was the big softy shade, which is kind of a nude. And that's why I was going to put it on the summer list because I feel like, you know, we want to do more minimal makeup in the summer. And I just picked this up. I don't usually wear nudes as anyone who knows me knows. (laughs) In fact, you and I both right now have on our bold lips as we're sitting down to record. But truly, you know, for a summer when you're just out and about and you want to keep things nice and natural looking, I'm super loving this. And like I said, it's like under $5. So, oh man, I'm going to have to check that out. Yes. And I was so thrilled that our CBS, this is like, <laughs> this is one of my most toxic traits is that if I have to go into CBS for anything, no matter what I go in for, I'm coming out with a new lip product of, of some course. <laughs> Yes, that is exactly the purpose of the corner convenience pharmacy store. Exactly, exactly. So I'm so glad they're carrying it in store. So anyway, that is my office for the week. I will put a link in the show notes for you guys to check that out. And of course, Amanda's as well. And like I said at the top of the show, we love to hear what's awesome in your life in our social media community. So if you haven't yet, come and find us on Facebook and the Sort of Awesome Hangout. Just search sort of awesome hangout. You will find us, you'll find Amanda there, myself, over 5,000 women who are just so excited to get to share life together and support each other through the good times and the hard times in the sort of awesome hangout. And like I said, come find us on Instagram at sort of awesome show. All right, Amanda, we have so much to dig into and I cannot wait. And we're going to get to all of that when we come right back. Okay, awesome. So it's time to talk about one of my very favorite sponsors and actually one of my favorite companies on the planet, and that is Truebill. Now, I don't know about you and your family, but we came out of the pandemic with so many new and very random subscriptions. And as much as I'd like to blame our kids for all of this, the truth is Kyle and I racked up our share of subscriptions to companies as well. The great news about Truebill and the thing that makes me love it so much is that it's an app that helps you identify and then stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, you don't want, and the ones that, like us, you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Companies tend to make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions for you in one tap. Since we connected our accounts to Truebill, we have saved so much money. We've saved on everything from our Sirius XM bill to random gaming subscriptions that our kids signed up for. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over $100 million. So awesome! don't fall for those subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash awesome. Go right now. I'm telling you, Truebill.com slash awesome. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash awesome. Okay, friends, with spring in the air, it's a time of renewal and growth, both personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. I know as the sort of awesome team has grown, it can be a little daunting, a little overwhelming, a little anxiety producing to add to your team. But you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs 
And you're going to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. So your network can help you find the right people to hire. LinkedIn Jobs has simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash awesome. That's linkedin.com slash awesome to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we are back. And Amanda, before you really dig in and we really start to break down this conversation about our bodies and how we feel about them and all of the things that you are so passionate in talking about, before we dig into that, if you could give us a, just a few minutes, a little bit of background, a little context, tell us what your life looks like right now, where you live, who you live with, all of those kinds of things. Awesome. I can't stop saying that word, but I guess it's okay for this podcast. <laughs> this is the place to say it. <laughs> I'm yes. so excited to be here. Um, <laughs> so I am a fat woman about town. Yeah. And I use the word fat as a neutral descriptor. It's like my hair is brown, my eyes are brown and my body is fat. Okay. And so I know a lot of people get uncomfortable with that word, but the more we say it in a neutral way, the more we reclaim it from the haters. So I'm a fat woman and I am married to a very nerdy professor named Zachary. Okay. Love it. Love a nerdy husband. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. I love it. Love it. And we have four very rambunctious and loud children. I know, Meg, you know how I feel in the mornings when our kids wake up at the crack of dawn. Yes, living that life. So yes. my youngest starts kindergarten in the fall. So I feel like I'm about to be on the brink of this new kind of freedom. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, but... Yeah. I have plenty going on. Yes. So I'll just stick with those things, but I'm sure I'll come up with something new because I am an ideas person. I love to dream and create concepts and do a little bit of graphic designing. And um, just, I'm really big into idea boarding and putting things together like that. So I need to work on that this summer for my fall plans when all my kids are at public school. Yeah. I don't have to pay any more pre-K tuition. Uh-huh. And yes. I have all the time in the world. So great. I'm just super curious. Do you happen to know personality type wise where you fall on any of the spectrums? Yes. So on the Myers Briggs, I am an ENFP. Okay, like me. Hello. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) We're very similar. Yes. And then Enneagram, I am a two wing three. Okay. All right. That totally makes sense. Yes. So I'm the helper, the befriender, but I also have this ambitious edge. Mm -hmm. So yes. For a long time, I didn't think it was okay to be ambitious because I grew up in a Christian culture with this false humility, Mm -hmm. exaltation. Sure, sure. And so in my 30s, I've really come into my three wing. Love it. And my 30s have been a delight. So I'm glad that I found the Enneagram as well. <laughs> yes, totally. So I write, I podcast occasionally, I do body image coaching, and I do Instagram. My Instagram handle is Your Body Is Good which is a declaration of the truth that we will talk about today. Yes. Yeah. And I do fat fashion and just talk about the tenets of fat liberation. And in a nutshell, fat liberation is the belief, the movement that says that people are worthy of dignified treatment, no matter the size or shape of their body. Mm-hmm. So It's pretty self-explanatory, but we live in a world where that is not how people are treated. Well, for sure. Yeah. And I do think that in the past few years, 
I've seen so much momentum build in that movement. But prior to that, you know, even with you talking about fat being a neutral term and descriptor, this is something that I, I know I certainly didn't come, you know, grow up knowing or ever having heard about. And so I do think that there are so many people like you that are on the forefront of this movement who via like your Instagram are just there daily inspiring and educating people, which, you know, we ENFPs love to, we'd rather lead by example than be, you know, in the trenches doing it. So for sure, I have loved seeing your Instagram really grow from where you started it to now, you know, thousands and thousands of people that find inspiration from what you share via your encouragement, but also, like you said, your fashion, which is always super cute. And just to see somebody having fun and remembering that you can totally have fun and be happy and love life, no matter what body you are in and all of those things has been so great. And I just have loved seeing you grow in that space as a real leader in that community. So you're doing awesome. I owe so much of that growth though, to being in the sort of awesome community. Oh, good. Like my friend, Ellen Hampton Philco is like, you have to join this community. I know you've never listened to this podcast, but you need to join. Yeah. So I joined and I listened to the podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, I am needing a group of women mm-hmm. who are looking for the awesome in life because there's yes. so much that's not awesome mm-hmm. that we need to overcome it. So thank you so much for creating that community. It's been such a boon to me. Well, thank you for those kind words. It's just, it's mutual admiration society right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, something that you said made me think, yes, part of my Instagram is being a witness mm-hmm. to the abundant life. Yeah. I mean abundant in all its punny glory. Yes. The theme of abundance is something that I'm really exploring right now. Like what mm-hmm. does it mean to live an abundant life in a fat body and an abundant body? And so, yeah, it's hard to articulate in a culture that people would rather die than be fat. Mm. That I'm yeah. like, no, I'm, I'm really content and happy and this is my life. Yes. Yeah. You do a great job of exploring it. And I feel like your leadership is such that I am right here with you. And this is what it looks like for me. And also you're so approachable about it and inclusive. And I think your people are finding you because of the, the joy that you exude and the truths that you share for sure. So let's kind of talk about that a little bit. I know that you kind of hinted at this already, but I think it sounds like a lot of your work in this area, maybe even your own self-work that you began with before you began even thinking about creating a community around it is really discovering what's the purpose of your body, of my body? Why are we in bodies? So I'd love for us to kind of start there. So I write about this in my first book, which is called Lovely, How I Learned to Embrace the Body God Gave Me. And it came out through a small Catholic press called Our Sunday Visitor. Mm -hmm. So it's a Catholic slash Christian look at what is the purpose of my body? I mean, when you ask people that question, you're going to get all sorts of different answers. Oh, sure. Yes. The purpose of my body is to be strong or to be who I am in the world which is, yes, can't be you without a body. Mm -hmm. And some people, I think underneath where they might have words about, well, just to exist in my body, I think a lot of people believe that the purpose of their body is perfection Mm. or even health. Sure, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. The problem with this is as a person of faith, that actually rings a little bit ableist right okay right my body has to be perfect to be good Mm -hmm. and I'm a big nerd if you haven't been able to tell like being married to a professor like we live this very (laughs) nerdy life I'm so jealous (laughs) (laughs) and so I'm going to take it a little old school but Aristotle the great teacher of the Greeks and Western society taught that what makes a thing good is when it fulfills its purpose. Say. Mm-hmm. So that's what got me thinking about if all bodies are good bodies, how do I know my body is good? Well, then I need to look for my purpose. 
Mm. And I came to the conclusion that my body has the purpose of being in a relationship. Okay. I can be in relationship with anyone, no matter the state, shape, or size of my body. Yes. And for me as a Catholic, when I was writing that book was so important to, to see that the Catholic teachings on disability and the value of life. I can't say that a disabled person has less of goodness in their body Mm -hmm. because even people in comas can have relationships, Mm. right? We've learned about people who have woken up and been like, I heard everything that was happening. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And even people that don't ever respond, like the purpose of our body isn't to be strong or to be perfect or to be healthy. It's relationship with God, with others and with ourselves. Yes. So that changes a lot of things when you come to the conclusion that the purpose of your body is relationship. Yeah. I know you, you mentioned this just a few minutes ago, the idea of this fat liberation movement. And as you're talking about this, I'm just thinking about how absolutely freeing it is, how liberating it is just to think about our bodies in terms of that, that releases us from so much that could be there that's either guilt or obligation or even beginning to believe if my body is not this, this, and this, then I don't deserve a relationship or my relationships Mm -hmm. are somehow less than. I mean, there's so much there, Amanda. My wheels are just turning, just even thinking over this concept. I know that it's a revolutionary thing to think, okay, the purpose of my body isn't high functioning perfection or anything like that. So I want to answer the question that people are going to bring up. Like, are you sure that the purpose of my body isn't health? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that seems like a pretty normal answer, mm-hmm. right? Very common. And we sure. talked about the ableism that's embedded in there of thinking that able-bodied people have better bodies than disabled-bodied people. Right. But beyond that, we have to really look at what we mean by health. Most people mean physical health. Right. When we talk about health. Mm-hmm. And so is the purpose of our body physical health? Well, I think physical health can be a gift mm-hmm. and it's not something to take for granted. Mm-hmm. But I imagine health like this ATV four-wheeler. Okay. The different wheels are like the different kinds of health. So you got physical health, you got mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. And so you're in balance while you're driving. If you overinflate one tire, it's going to either explode, rendering you incapable of driving your ATV, right. or it's going to be a very bumpy road. Yeah, yeah. And so I think when we shift our focus from strictly physical health to our all-around health, we can see that, the, oh, the purpose of my body isn't just physical health. Like There are components of what I'm doing with my life that matter more than getting all my time in at the gym. Yes. Yes. That's so true. And I'm thinking too, that to isolate just the physical health is to somehow not maybe honor just the holistic person that we are. And so, yeah, I'm loving the ATV you know, me being an Oklahoma girl, you're in Texas, that ATV analogy <laughs> yes. totally makes sense. I'm wondering if other awesomes are like, now what's an ATV? <laughs> I know. I definitely have contextualized it within my own text, East Texan setting. <laughs> yes. No, but just the idea of if you've got four wheels, four tires on a vehicle, that yeah, they need to be in balance. We literally take our vehicles in to have our tires rotated it and balanced so that our vehicles can run efficiently and do what they're supposed to do. So yeah, I'm totally digging that. So for so many people, exercise or pursuing physical health is a help to their mental health, their emotional mm-hmm. health. Sure. And so I'm not saying that we should stop pursuit of health. I'm just saying it's not the peak of our human existence to be yes. healthy 
in one specific area. I know for myself, when I realized this new paradigm of having a relationship with others and the Lord and myself, I was really struggling. I had four small children. My oldest was not five when my youngest was born. Four young children, and I'm trying to go to the gym and I'm trying to, quote, eat right. And I was just having so much anxiety about fulfilling what I thought the requirements were for my body that actually reframing it as, I don't actually think what I'm doing is healthy for all four tires. Right. I think I'm overinflating one tire to mm. the detriment of the rest. Mm-hmm. And so for me in that period of my life, giving up dieting and exercise was what I had to do to keep my sanity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. I'm sure that many people can relate to that for sure. Right. And it, rediscovering movement and the joy of moving has been something freeing, but I couldn't get there until I stopped doing the check boxes of, you know, burned X number of calories at the gym. It was a very capitalistic contractual obligation sort of thing rather than, oh, my body feels this movement. It feels good to do this. And it's right. increasing my overall health to do these things. Yes. So just yes. this is just a, a permission if you're in a place of you feel trapped by your limited circumstances and you can't exercise and you don't have the finances to eat what our society tells you is healthy, that's okay. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is relationships in your life. And you can do that no matter your body. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm loving this. And as you're talking, it's it's reminding me of some thoughts are coming to my mind for myself of my mother who passed away this spring, who 20, gosh, over 20 years ago was in, she's had MS since I was two years old, but was in a car accident that was so severe that because of the MS, her body never bounced back to where it was before. And it's so enlightening to think about, you know, people might think like you can only have deep relationships if your body is a certain way. If you could only be at peace or be content or experience joy if your body is, you know, high functioning and the peak and pinnacle of health. And you know, you talked about the ableism that's embedded in that. And I never really had thought about it, but to look at my mother's last, you know, over two decades of her life, were those all a waste because she was confined to a wheelchair and had limited mobility? No, she still loved her grandchildren. She still found joy in all kinds of things. She was still at peace and content with her life, even though she wouldn't have probably chosen to be confined to a wheelchair, but even still was able to foster deep and meaningful relationships. And so just to be able to have like that living picture is really powerful to me right now. So thank you for that. Sharing about her. Yeah. I think so for me as a person of faith, specifically Christian faith, the idea of an upside down world or kingdom Mm -hmm. where the strong, the weak are strong and broken are whole, like, yes. Flipping the assumptions of society on their heads of what is the most important thing. And I think that's really what shifting my view on the purpose of my body did for me was, oh, it's no longer me being in this perceived weak body as a fat, because fatness is perceived as a weakness. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's actually my strength. Like what kind of privileges do I have in my fat body that someone in a thin body may not have? And really turning that idea on its head and not to denigrate people in smaller bodies, but it's it's a way of reframing Mm -hmm. like, oh, I have a built-in cushion. Like my kids grab me and tell me, oh, mommy, you're so soft. Mm -hmm. You're so Mm -hmm. comfortable. And Because my body has to carry around more weight, I am so strong. Sure, yeah. I, my thighs are like 
powerhouses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so really taking the time to flip those expectations on their head. Mm -hmm. um, that's really something that I try to do with weaknesses that I've perceived in my life, whether they apply to my physical body or my mental health. Yeah, I love that. I don't know, Meg, if you're familiar with the story, um, St. Lawrence, the deacon. Oh, I don't think I am. So in the history of the early church, there were seven deacons in Rome and the Pope and the Roman emperor got mad at the Pope and all the deacons. So he killed everybody except for one deacon named Lawrence. And Lawrence was a funny man. He liked to joke. And eventually when they put him to death, they griddled him like a waffle. And he said, turn me over. I'm done on this side. That's right. But now I remember the story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so really bloody and gory, and I apologize to all the listeners. Well, Catholics are weird. I was going to say that. I'm just going to say that. They're like, yeah, that story checks out. We, we can get pretty gory about things, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but before he was martyred, the Roman authority said, go and gather the treasures of the church and be back here in three days. So Lawrence gave away all the money to the poor and distributed all the wealth of the church, not to Rome, to the church, to the people of the church. And then he gathered up the sick and the wounded, and he brought them with him on the third day. And to the Roman authorities, he said, these are the treasure of the church. Yeah. yeah. These weak and broken people. Mm. Now, I mean, there's something to say about like, why would you gather up all the weak and wounded people and present them to a bloodthirsty empire? <laughs> but the point of the story is that my weaknesses are treasure mm. to God. Yeah, that is so powerful. And talking about reframing, I think that that is so soul-filling to think about ourselves in that way. So we do have even more that Amanda wants to share with us, and I cannot wait to get into it. And we're going to cover all of that when we come right back. Okay, friends, as you know, we love Stitch Fix around here. I, myself, Kelly, Rebecca, we've all used it. We all love how Stitch Fix's style quizzes and stylists help us pick out clothes that we adore. But we all feel like we don't talk enough about how very awesome Stitch Fix Kids is. So I asked Rebecca to tell us awesomes why we should be as into Stitch Fix Kids as she and her family are. As my daughter Grace is getting older, it's getting harder to buy gifts for her. So for her 12th birthday, we gave her the gift of Stitch Fix Kids. Grace thoroughly enjoyed filling out her style profile quiz. It was super handy to be able to say yes to styles that she loved and no to specific colors and textures Grace knew she wouldn't wear. I loved that Grace could try on pieces at home before we buy, just keep what she loved, and send back the rest. Plus, shipping, returns, and exchanges are always free, and prices start at just $10. From toddlers to picky tweens, Stitch Fix Kids has sizes 2T to 18. There's no subscription required. Simply order a refresh as needed or set it and forget it with regular seasonal fixes. Okay, so if you and your family are ready to check out Stitch Fix Kids, all you have to do is try it today by going to stitchfix.com slash awesome and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your kids fix. That's stitchfix.com slash awesome for 25% off when you keep everything in your kids fix. Stitchfix.com slash awesome. Okay, Amanda, we're back. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm just like thinking to myself, this is absolutely what I want my children, all five of them, two of them are girls, three boys, what I want them to know and really internalize about why we have bodies, what they are for and how we move through the world in them. And I'm thinking too, not only do I want my children to know it, I wish I would have known these things when I was growing up in these messages that we receive and, and our beliefs about our bodies, really, as we become aware of our bodies, we do internalize so many things. And for many of us, it wasn't always good stuff. And so I know that you've done some reflecting back on what you wish you had known 
about bodies. You know, when you're in those formative years of elementary, I have one daughter who's about to wrap up middle school. Oh my gosh, middle school and body image. It was fraught when I was in middle school and it's fraught now. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us a little bit about what has been on your heart and mind about that. So when I was little, my body was always conforming. I wouldn't have called myself fat, but I was bigger than my peers. And my parents were very health conscious being in the medical field. And so I was put on diets to make myself smaller from the time I was seven years old. Wow. Yeah. And I wish that I had known, and I wish it had been true for me that I was allowed to exist in my body without changing it. Mm-hmm. Just to have a home. Yes. In my body and not to feel like it always needed to be changed. And one of the biggest mantras that I have come to embrace that my daughters and son and passing on to them because they live in non-conforming bodies also mm-hmm. because body size is so largely genetic. So they're mm-hmm. going to look like their mom. Yeah. Um, is that I have the right to take up space. Mm, yes. Yeah. I really never felt like I had the right to take up space. I remember sitting in my desk in junior high, feeling like I just needed to shrink myself smaller. Sure. So that I didn't get in the way. Yes. Yeah. Like, so that I physically didn't get in the way, but also emotionally. Mm. Like, I'm an ENFP. My extroversion is like 98%. Oh, wow. Look at you. <laughs> it's very extroverted. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm just loud and excited about life. And in the Southern Bell culture that I grew up in, like demureness mm-hmm. and quietness was more, at least the Christian Southern Bell meld that I had. Yeah. Like be quiet and obedient and don't assert yourself and Mm -hmm. make sure that you're submissive. And like, that's just not me. So body and soul to know that I have the right to take up space is so huge. Pardon the pun. (laughs) No, but I embrace all the puns. I love it. I love it. That's so great. And I do, I see this in my own children and I see it in their peers as well as, you know, you can kind of see them beginning to form how they do move through the world, whether they are kind of closing in or if they are, feel the absolute freedom to just be all out there. And certainly those late elementary and middle school years are a time when you're just constantly, constantly comparing self to others around you. And I've had some really heartbreaking conversations with my daughters, who are the ones who have gone through this now and in some ways going through it, as they talk about how they perceive themselves as opposed to their classmates, you know, in comparison to their peers and how hard it is for them to find their sense of worth and their, like you said, their right to take up space when they, all they can see is what they don't look like. You know what I mean? And so I'm thankful that they have trusted those conversations to me. Sometimes it's hard to know what to say to our kids to try to, and so I want to try to convince them, you know, of their worth and their value. Sometimes it feels like it's hard to get through to them. I have to believe though, that even if they're not outwardly agreeing, I'm hoping somehow, some way they're internalizing what I'm trying to get across to them about their absolute worth, no matter what. And also because of not just like, oh, you know, you're worthy even though your body looks like this. That's not what the message I want, you know? I want it to be like, you are worthy because you are worthy and celebrating all that makes up who each of these little humans are. And so I wonder as you have children and you are coaching people, and I'm sure that this topic comes up a lot of like, how do we speak to our kids about this? Is it kind of a matter of just really even if they seem resistant to it, emphasizing all bodies are good bodies, you have the right to take up space. Is it, do we just kind of keep saying these things to them or is there a better approach to take? I am a firm believer in the power of liturgy. 
Mm. I think that applies no matter whether you're a religious person or not. Right. But having cultured responses, and by cultured, I mean created responses mm-hmm. to situations when my children make curious observations about bodies that we're around. Mm-hmm. Mommy, that, <laughs> that person is in a wheelchair. Yeah, you're right. What does that mean about them? Really engaging. And I talk in more of you about how to take those questions and, and turn them into discussion times. Mm, yes. But always coming back to, and what do we say about bodies? All bodies are good bodies, mom. Yes. Right. Yes. What is the purpose of your body? Purpose of my body is relationship. Mm. So really having those family mantras or touchstones is what I call them in my book. I don't want to make it seem like this is just some sort of ooey gooey religious thing. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> having touchstones for responses. When my kids talk about my body, mom, you're fat. They tell me quite often. <laughs> and number one, so they tell me quite often, mom, you're fat. And it's not a judgment when it comes out of their mouth. And it's taken me a while to realize that they're just mm. being curious, they're just mm-hmm. talking. Bodies are weird and gross and wonderful. And they just want to talk about them. Yes. I mean, think about the prevalence of bathroom humor oh, yeah. around the kitchen table when your son is anywhere between, I'm sure, you know, ages four and 24. Two. I was going to say, do they stop. ever outgrow it? <laughs> <laughs> But being able to encounter observations about my body, observations about their dad's body, and just say, so what does that mean to you? Is it okay to be fat? Is it a problem? And having those kind of conversations. But I really think those conversations are important, but I believe that dealing with my own stuff actually is super powerful that they don't hear me hating on my own body. Yeah. They might hear me be in pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, mommy doesn't feel good today, honey. Yeah. You know, but it's not, I'm working through the internal monologue that we'll talk about in a little bit of the shame spiral so that it stays internal or on the phone with my therapist. Sure. Yes. Um, or a friend instead of seeping out into their little hearts. Yeah. Yes. I know that that makes a huge difference. And it's something that I found myself doing just that kind of correcting early on as I thought about what my kids hear me saying about my body. And not even for me, it's been more than just not saying the negative, but like, and this has been uncomfortable and awkward and weird for me to start with, but just like celebrating the things that I do love about my body. Like I also have really strong legs. (laughs) So especially when my daughters were younger, but I still do it sometimes. I will talk about how freaking strong these legs are. And, you know, my older children have seen me go through several pregnancies and talking about how amazing and strong my body feels when I'm pregnant, even though it hurts a lot of the time too. But just, you know, finding ways to point out and celebrate the things that I actually kind of love, I hope is building some good patterns for them as they're beginning to think about their bodies as well. But let's go ahead. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the body shame spiral, because like I said, if there's any time of year where lots of us are going to get a little triggered by, again, messaging or just being out and about and seeing, you know, all of the spring and summer stuff is about is out Sometimes we can start to just feel, even if it's like old patterns or if it's a current struggle, this invitation to just really spiral out with body shame. I cannot wait to hear what you have to say to us about how do we manage that? How do we work through that? Okay. So we often don't recognize that we're in the body shame spiral until we're at the bottom in the pit of despair. (laughs) So part of reframing about bodies is to notice when we're starting to go down that spiral. And the key to that, I believe is curiosity. When I'm in the pit of despair, there's no hope for me. 
I have to get curious about why I feel there's no hope for me. And so if I step it up, Mm. usually what's gotten me into the pit of despair is I've done some negative projection Okay, where I have taken a small sliver of my life and said, this is going to be my portion forever. Okay. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Right. So uh, say I'm at the store, I'm trying to find a bathing suit. Nothing makes me feel good in my body. Mm-hmm. Right. That's definitely a subjective thing that I'm not trying to change anybody's perceptions of their own bodies. Like you need to feel good in a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. If I can't find anything, my negative projection is going to be, I'll never find a bathing suit. And then that goes to, I'm never going to get to go to the beach. Mm. And that goes to, I will never have fun again in my life. Yes. Yes. I can completely track with that and have done that. Very spiral. (laughs) More than once. (laughs) So how can I encounter that negative projection with curiosity? Why do I think I will never find a bathing suit? I'm not finding one today, Mm. but... I can't assume that I will never find one because I can keep looking. Yeah, yeah. And we have such a tool with the internet, as frustrating as it is to order things online, try them on and send them back. We have tools. Yes. That we can use and get out of that negative projection. Why do I feel like I'll never go out again? If I never go to the beach, I'll never have fun in my life. Well, if we can dial it back to, I'm really frustrated right now that I can't find a bathing suit today, then we can start to step out of that pit of despair. Another thing that we do is we assign blame. Yes. So it's my fault that Mm. there are no bathing suits that fit me. Mm. Gosh, yeah. Well, first of all, you have a body. And your body's size and shape is the factors, is the result of factors that you have no control over in most things. Yes. Your body size is largely, it's like 70% genetics. Wow. Socioeconomic status, Mm. access to healthcare, and just your circumstances, that's mm-hmm. like 70 to 80% of what your body condition is. Yes. Yeah. Personal choice, the food that you eat, the amount of exercise that you do, somewhere between 5, 10, 20%. It's not going to change that much because yeah. of a decision that you make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. So if we can say, okay, I can't find a baby today and that's my fault. And we pause and we say, why am I assigning blame to myself? Yeah. We live in a world where people start businesses to meet needs. Mm-hmm. Well, they haven't met my need. That's not my fault. Now, is it the company's fault? It's possible. A lot of companies just choose not to make extra sure. size and clothing. Sure. But it's also, maybe this is just the wrong company. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Instead of assigning blame on myself, I can just say, this is how things are. Now, how can I use tools to find a solution? Yes. Yeah. I love that idea of when we use curiosity and just kind of start with some questions like why, it kind of, for me, neutralizes it a little. It's not, it's not like this moral question. It's not this, you know, right and wrong. It's just like, it's neutral. It just allows you to kind of engage a little bit further and just kind of, like you said, with an actual posture and spirit of curiosity, just be like, huh, I wonder what's going on here. Why this reaction is coming up and why am I going to this place? Such a helpful tool and definitely can be applied in so many areas. But for sure, when it comes to this body shame spiral. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. So eventually the goal is to get to an event that triggers you, that triggers you into this shame spiral and to approach that triggering event with curiosity. 
and perhaps even before the triggering event happens, I'm going to the store to shop for bathing suits. Mm -hmm. What do I need to remember? One, it's not my fault if there's no bathing suit there. Right. Two, that doesn't mean that I will never have fun in the sun again. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm condemned to a life of pale skin and no fun and staying inside. So if we can have curiosity about our triggers and our responses, then it just unlocks the whole shame spiral and we get better and better at identifying, oh, this is actually going to send me into a tailspin. How am I going to cope with this? Yes, I can absolutely see how the more practice you give it, because it may, in the beginning, may feel like, well, this isn't going to do anything. (laughs) If you've never played around with, you know, just like this compassionate curiosity towards yourself, it may feel like, well, I don't know if this is going to work. And it may feel a little awkward or weird in the beginning, but I think it absolutely is a, a practice that over time becomes more natural. I myself have not gotten to the point yet where I can proactively think ahead. Like, <laughs> you know, this has some big, big feelings around it, some big triggers around it. But I want to aspire to that now because I can save myself from some absolute dressing room meltdowns. Or for me, definitely, I mean, like we talked about, nobody, maybe a few people super love doing their swimsuit shopping. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know when it, It's so funny. It comes out for me the most. Sunday morning, getting ready for mass, go to my closet. I just instantly hate everything. And I feel like I'm going to look terrible at everything. It's, I'm reaching for clothes that I don't normally wear during the week. And so if I find that things aren't fitting right, that Sunday morning, for some reason, is my body shame spiral time, which you would think wouldn't be because it's the time when you're, you know, kind of trying to be in a more sacred mindset. But for some reason, that is a vulnerable time for me. But I'm kind of processing and thinking about right now, like, okay, so maybe Sunday morning, I'm sipping my coffee and I'm thinking through like, okay, it's time to get ready for mass. What are some things I want to, you know, be thinking about and bear in mind, how can I practice compassionate curiosity towards myself to not even have to get into the shame spiral? I'm loving that as a tool for sure. Oh man, but I tell you, getting dressed for church as a woman in the South, that's the experience that I can speak to. Mm -hmm. It is nerve wracking because not only is it a commentary on you, it becomes a commentary on your family. Yes, absolutely. So addressing those issues of the patriarchy and (laughs) the unfair (laughs) burden placed on women, like that's a whole nother level. Yeah. Of dealing with that. Yeah, for sure. Well, Amanda, this has been incredibly helpful, just both inspiring and practically helpful to talk through some of this. I know there is so much more like this is the tip of the iceberg because you literally have written the book on this. (laughs) So for the awesomes who are like, I want more, I need more. I need more of Amanda's wisdom. I need to know more about how to flip my thinking and embrace who I am in the body I'm in. Tell us all about where we can find this second book. It's just about to drop as we're speaking. When is the actual release date? May 24th. So just four days away and it can be pre-ordered, which is really helpful if you want to go ahead and pre-order it on Amazon or at my publisher's website, broadleafbooks.com, I think. But if you search broadleaf. Okay. It'll come up. You can also order it from Barnes and Noble. Pretty much anywhere that you get books, you can order it. Okay. And yeah, it is just a really practical way to walk through the world if you have a body. Yep. (laughs) You don't have to have a fat body. Yes. But there's permission to have one if that's what you do have. Awesome. Loving it. Again, the title of it, you guys, is More of You. The Fat Girl's Field Guide to the Modern World. Amanda martinez Bet, tell us where we can find you also on Instagram because you have created such an amazing community there. I know you already mentioned it, but tell us again. It's your body is good with underscores in between the words. And then I'm on Twitter at Amanda M. Beck and 
Yeah. I'm so glad you've been here. We will have links in the show notes for anybody who wants to go check out your book, check out your first book, find you on social media. If you guys, I know one thing that has helped me about social media is deliberately bringing into my social media feeds people who do make me feel as I'm enjoying their content, make me feel great about my body and about where I am in life. Amanda's account is great to follow if you're looking for that. So again, Amanda, thank you so much. This has been so great. Thank you, Meg. If you want to find me on social media, you can find me anywhere at Sorta Awesome Meg. And you can find the show, just search Sorta Awesome wherever you are on social media and you'll find us there. Awesome, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.